of it until I started reading. She was on the call. Okay, let's get started, Brian. Hello, welcome to episode 16 of our Blockchain Bandwagon podcast. I'm your host, Chek Chekuri, founder and CEO of Together MDM. We offer a blockchain solution for curating a single source of truth for massive data. We've been working on this product for more than a year and excited to uh, share the progress uh, we are making. Meanwhile, I'm here with my co-host, Brian Engel. Hello, Brian. Hey, How Chuck. How goes it? Good to see you again. I'm, uh, I'm Brian Engel. I've been in the staffing business for over 25 years, worked for a company called Stability Technical Partners right now, um, placing uh, mostly application development type people and executives. Uh, I'm just blockchains of passion, and Chuck and I came together, and we've known each other for a long time. And uh, here we are, episode 16. What do we, uh, what do we got today? So we are going to talk about Web 3.0 and Web 2.0. We're going to talk about how they are different, what are the benefits, and also some existential questions around Web 3.0. I've seen a lot of skepticism around when will it be adopted, will is it even viable, uh, particularly with chat GPT coming on, people are saying, oh, okay, people are not going to deal with Web 3.0. So we're going to talk some of that, and we're going to look at it from multiple perspectives. Uh, it's going to be interesting. But before I, uh, we start, I want to remind our listeners that if they want to join the conversation, add yourself to the caller queue and you will be invited to speak. So, Brian, let's get started. Do it. You know, one of the things that uh, while I'm doing this research, I came across this concept of semantic web, which is also kind of a used for web. Yeah, so did I. I never even heard of such a thing. Yeah, so semantic web, I think we should, I really don't want to talk about semantic web per se, more of a web three on a blockchain 3.0. What do you think? That makes sense? Absolutely. Yeah. So semantic web, just for people who are reading, that is like, it's, it enables machines to understand its meaning and context. And it creates a more interconnected intuitive web experience, right? And it was first coined, I believe, by Sir, uh, the internet uh, inventor of the World Wide Web. Yeah, Tim, uh, Tim Berners-Lee. Yep. Tim Berners-Lee, right? Yeah, yeah Tim Berners-Lee. Uh, and then, so semantic web and web theory are often interchanged, but they don't necessarily mean the same thing. You know, uh, web theory is a broader term encompassing various technological advancements like blockchain, artificial intelligence, and uh, decentralized networks you know, in addition to some of the semantic web ideas. So let's just stick with uh, Web 3.0. So when we talk about Web 2.0 and Web 3.0, I was, the question that I asked myself is, how are they different? What is that make them different, right? I think the different is in the structure. One is like a central server serving contact versus a distributed, you know, network of computers. Then the second one was control. Web 2.0 is controlled by a single entity, right? Now, it's this is more decentralized control. Other interesting thing I think a lot of people are asking me, Brian, is how do you monetize tokenization? How, the tokens come into play in Web 3.0 that don't exist in Web Web 2.0, right? They're only in 3.0. Of course, that's right. Yeah, and Web experience. The experience itself is going to be very different. Like in a lot of ways, and we're going to talk all about it. 
So the two main areas that I think are fundamentally different is how social interactions with Web3 will be versus the general applications that happen where I have a financial social uh, supply chain app or a financial DeFi app or a banking app, which are very different from YouTube type of apps. Right. Right. Uh, and that is, it's going to be very different because at least what I learned, there are apps. Let's say if I have a video, how do I get paid? Only if somebody goes to Google, YouTube and watches mine, right? Right. And so only if there is an right. ad on there. But with Web3, I can charge for viewing directly. That, 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 is, I think, was very fascinating for me. Absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, right? Somebody else controls, even though you might be the most popular person on YouTube, they could take your video down or take your site down and yeah. you can't make money anymore. And we've seen a lot of these cancellations of popular people Absolutely. on social media, uh, right? Now, they nobody can stop them, you know? They, 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 it's, they, they control. So, so this we're going to talk a lot about this in detail when we talk about all of this financial inclusion monetization mechanism. I prepared a lot of notes for this already. So the next question that somebody asked me recently, Brian, is blockchain an innovation or is it just an improvement on Web two? What what does your gut say? I think it's an innovation. You think so? I think so. Because I I put together some arguments for both sides. Let's yeah, go over right? right? Well, I'm willing to listen. I'm always willing to listen. Yeah. So the arguments that I put together are basically decentralization is an innovation. The various consensus mechanisms that they develop, that be proof of authority, proof of stake, so how many we talked about, they're all kind of novel ideas, right? Uh, the immutability of data, the way it is secure, that's also a novel idea. Smart contracts is also a novel idea. Cryptographic security is a novel idea. Uh, building a trustless environment is a novel idea. So these are the, basically the fundamental arguments to say that this is an innovation. And we did talk about this in earlier podcasts. But the one that uh, people who are like saying this is, hey, this is just an evolution of web technologies. It's just an improvement over web tool. Uh, and it has to integrate with Web2 to be doing anything. It can't be independent of its own, right? And it has a lot of shared principles. It has to have, uh, you know, it has same kind of a user interface, same type of interaction, ex except that it just has an underlying technology, you know? So these are the two arguments for, three arguments for, like I'm saying that Web3 is really uh, iteration rather than a innovation. Right. I, I also think it's an innovation, Brian, because there's a lot of novel ideas in blockchain, you know? I always like, you know, I like looking at things like almost from a scientific point of view at all times, right? So it's like, although I think it's a great innovation, well, take a look at the, you know, right? We've all we've talked about negatives in the past and the downsides, but hey, is it an overlay of, of 2.0? And what's, what is the difference? And what's, you know, so... You know, hey, look at it with an open mind. That's that's what I like to do. 
And then the other topic that I put on here was I was uh, reading a couple of blogs and uh, with chat GPT and AI coming along, mm -hmm. uh, some of the bloggers and podcasts like experts were saying, okay, blockchain is going to die. It's mostly AI. Once AI comes over, blockchain is not going to be a big deal, right? It's, it's a fad. People are not going to do it. Now, they're, they're basically their claim is there's too many failures, right? This, they have scalability issues. They consume too much energy. They have regulatory uncertainty. Uh, user, user experience is complex. Whatever use cases, they are very limited. So this is going to die. Do you think there is any truth to most of that? There's always truth in stuff, right? I mean, there's, uh, you know, obviously we've talked about a lot of this in, in our past episodes with scalability issues and energy and, um, hey, the user for it to be, to be, for it to be vastly brought on board by people, people jump on board, um, not just the techies and the people that love this stuff, uh, but the everyday person, it has to, it has to look Easy, it has to look cool and it has to be easy to use. And I think actually chat GPT, I think that stuff actually is a big argument for Web3. Like it's, you know, Web3, AI integrated, right? That's a big part of it. Um, so I think that's not a, wow, it's it's in place of a blockchain and in place of different things. I think that's a, a, a just another reason why it's it's going to be here sooner in a larger scale than, than we even thought. I, I, I think so too, because some of the challenges I think we are do we still do have some adoption problems, right? But then there are so many projects that are coming on board. People are investing so much, right? And they're talking about regulations that are thing. And then there are improved experiences. Uh, there are a lot of use cases also coming up. New The product that I'm building, I think is very cool, which mm -hmm. is going to definitely, and there are certain problems that can only be solved with blockchain. Right. Right. Uh, and we talked some of those. And then they are making a lot of improvements on scalability. We talked about those too, right? With uh, side chains and, you know, extra right. chain level L2 chains, right? So there, there is enough momentum, I'd feel, for blockchain to be not a fad, right? But I, I am still uh, careful to put in a lot of what they call explore more ideas. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's, there's yeah, obviously a lot, yeah. a lot of challenges. There's a lot of challenges ahead and that's with anything that, you know, really that's with anything new and not well understood. Right. It's just not like you say web three to people and some techie people might kind of know what it is. Um, but a lot of people have no idea, <laughs> no clue. You say blockchain, they say, Oh, Bitcoin. Right. We've talked about this. So it's a, uh, it's really, it's, it has a long way to go. I love, you know, how far it's come and all the projects that are going. Um, but it is, it, there's definitely challenges ahead. How long do you think it will take for Web3 to uh, at least gain more momentum? A couple of years? Uh, I mean, you know, I, three to five years, probably. Five, um, so 2023, 2028, 2029. Yeah, be before it starts really catching on uh -huh. um, because I mean, again, it just depends, right? It could be small and 
and uh, smaller companies or, or individuals can be on or, or you know, when, when are the big boys going to jump in, right? So at some point, is it is there going to be two, right? Is it just going to stay Web 2.0 and then web, this Web 3? And how is that going to work? And like, obviously, Web 2, a lot of people make a ton of money. You know, these large companies that own all this data make a ton of money. So where's the money going, right? Yeah. So they always follow a lot of cases is follow the money and follow what's going to happen. So that's it, it, I can see, you know, and one side of their mouth saying, yeah, let's let's get this blockchain thing rolling. And the other side of their mouth, they're saying, hey, we got to stop this. That's our money. We're, we got our money train going. I want to talk about it then a little bit. What I'm really excited about why this will take off is what are the competitive benefits advantages, right? What are sure. the features uh, in Web 3.0? that make it necessary. You know what I mean? Not yes. It may not be a choice, right? Uh, right now, if I compare a feature-to-feature comparison uh, between Web 2.0 and Web 3.0, right? Web 2.0 is still, it's simple, right? It's easier and less expensive to develop and maintain. Right? For sure. Maintaining a blockchain or a Web 3.0, it can be more complex and costly. So that's uh, against Web 3.0. But User experience also, Web2 has those things. Mm-hmm. Right? Web2 is a faster, smoother user experience. We know blockchain has smaller transaction times, you know, potential for congestion and all of that. And from a scalability perspective, Web2 is highly efficient, does a lot more volumes of transactions. Right. Uh, but I think uh, Web3 is catching up. I think in the next couple of years, they'll catch up, right? Uh, in, in from a regulatory compliance perspective, Web two is a lot easier. Most of the infrastructure is there, uh, but I feel like regulatory will be a more easy to comply on Web three with more transparency. You know, but there is no rules around it yet. Mm-hmm. So that with time, I think Web three will get a, a thing. And data storage definitely Web two has a better chance. But privacy, Web3 can be a little bit challenging because it's open, it's transparent, right? It has to, it's secure for sure, but not private. So, yeah, you talked about data. So, there, right? So, I mean, now it's, you know, databases and, you know, basically companies control control how data is stored and how data is read and, and you, you know, you can as well, right? So you can, you can yeah. do that. Three O on Web three, it's uh, you can make your own data sets. Um, yep. You can it, because it's distributed. Everybody has access to it, right? So that's a great thing. Awesome. The downside is, is it right data, right? So you, it's uh, there could be people, nefarious types of people out there that you know, right, have bad data, um, and. You have to watch out for that, right? So again, being open and free is great. I completely believe in it, uh, but there are also right some downsides. And then we talked about interoperability and adoption. Obviously, Web two beats out Web three o in terms of adoption and its ability to interoperate. Sure. Um, now, control wise, there are situations where you want decentralized control. That's when you really need Web three o, right? Centralized control doesn't really work. Uh, data ownership, again, 
Web 3.0 is more suited for decentralized ownership. Web 2.0 is for centralized ownership. Right. I think now people under like they, you know, if you're making money or posting stuff, you're like, you know, kind of feel like you own your data. You own none of it. <laughs> no, you don't. I mean, you zero. Right. Now, the thing is, digital identity is, again, more reliable. It's it's owned by centralized. It's all it comes to centralized and decentralized, no matter how I do it, you know. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I like about Web 2.0 feature comparison with Web 3.0 is financial inclusion. What I mean by that is right now, when I click on an ad, I don't get any payment. Right. right? The payment goes to YouTube on a video that I click on. And then the YouTube controls how the content creator gets the money. Right. Now, in I've seen some blockchain uh, Web3 apps where I get money by clicking on ads. Mm -hmm. I get rewards. If I see 10 ads, I make money. Right. Because it's so much easier for me to, if I have two hours and I want to make money, I can look at a lot of ads and make money. <laughs> yep. so, so that type of inclusion, that I'm not forced upon it. And the content creator can own what ads he wants to show, right? Who he wants right. to do. Right now, YouTube controls all of that. Right? And then the content creator can control how much he wants to charge for it and how much he wants to keep for it. Right. Right. So that financial inclusion, I really like that. But I don't know how it will translate into adoption or when people will, when it will become uh, mainstream. Then intellectual property, Web3 wins, you know, and digital assets, that's definitely uh, a Web3 feature, right? Mm -hmm. Transparency, supply chain transparency, you can really get that on a Web2. You can really get that in a Web3 type of app, right? Voting and governance, that's also has a potential for manipulation in centralized systems. In distributed decentralized systems, you get a better chance. Right. right? And if you want to do cross-border transactions on a Web2, it's slower, more expensive. On Web3, it's faster, cheaper, more secure. And one definite feature that Web2 doesn't have that is on Web3 is smart contracts. Right. The, the automation that is possible. Uh, on the internet. You know, so th this is uh, based on these things. I really feel there is a lot of opportunity for Web 3.0 that Web 2.0 can't deliver. And in those cases, I think Web 3.0 will be replaced. You know, and I think, uh, I think, so. I think, um, you know, a lot of it where it starts too is it's funny, like, you know, hey, the, the younger generation, right? It starts with the younger generation. It starts with uh, a, a lot of this gaming, right? So I think there was, and I think I, I read that number right, was uh, recently I, when I was reading up on all this stuff, it was, you know, 49%, I think it was 49% of all the blockchain activity is gaming. Yeah. Um, and I think that's pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's, you know, hey, that's where you go in and, like you were saying, click on an ad and you get paid. Well, 
you know, hey, a lot of this stuff is uh, you make money within your games. And I know yeah. even companies are creating ecosystems uh, within their companies, like games within their companies so people can make money. It's, it's really it's really an interesting area. It's a whole new way of thinking. Yeah, particularly, I mean, that's a good, good way of saying it. So let's say if I have a suggestion box and I get more rewarded for suggestions or the mm-hmm. suggestion. Because once a suggestion is there, right, I can track that suggestion. Right. If it made implemented or not. If it makes progress, I make money. You know what I mean? So yep, the, the, exactly. quality, the more qualified or more important suggestion I make, right? Yep. I get more reward. Right. And, and that can be tracked and owned, not manipulated. Right. Right. And you can actually see how many suggestions are going and how many suggestions are improving. Just having a suggestion box in a company with this, you get rewards for. Right. Can be a cool app. Right. Yeah. No, there's, there's endless, I think there's just endless possibilities, especially with, you know, people really, they kind of, they, it's funny, like, you know, chat GPT is, um, you know, the, all the rage and people are talking about it. Well, I think this is their really their real first foray into AI learning, right? And yep. the AI space. Like they've heard about it and they thought it was robots going around or thinking for you. Well, this is it. Like that's really people's first foray into it. And I think that's a huge area that Web3 is you know, machine learning and AI. That's a basis of Web3. I, you know what? I was just, I'm just, well, this idea that I just had. I just want to explore for a few minutes, if you don't mind. Yeah. Think about the suggestion box, right? What is the current problems with suggestion box in a company? I have a company of 1,000 people, right? And because I've done some analysis on HR uh, surveys, mm-hmm. right? What are the people thinking, right? right? A lot of people don't answer. They don't want to say anything. Of course. Right? They, and I've seen these documents, just complaints, right? And nobody ever really does anything about them. Yep. And there's no transparency. People have very cynical attitude towards it. Right. Right. Now, imagine I have a web app, like a doc three app. I have an account, but they don't know who I am. Right. Right. And I can put a suggestion. Right. And you have a transparency. Now, we know everybody can see if they're acting on it. Right. Nobody can change the text. Right. Yep. And as it goes forward, I get rewarded financially. Right. right. Then I'm more excited to put in a suggestion. Of course. Right. And once it is transparent and it's rewarded and it's anonymous. Right. The, con- the company will benefit a lot. Thrive. Exactly. Those companies that will thrive. Right? right. Yeah. Because a lot of times I've been in corporate America for so long. People, there's a lot of apathy for some things that stupid things companies do. Nobody cares. And whenever somebody comes across it, they just get demotivated. Oh, right. Exactly. Right? And it happens so much. An app like that would be fantastic, I think. You I can't do that, that on Web 2.0 because it's not reliable. HR controls it. <laughs> Centralized control. Right. Again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, so the, I, th- I, might, I might think about that. Building <laughs> it's a good, I mean, yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it's a new way of thinking, right? So it's just like, uh, you know, it's just like it, it's every iteration of technology is the same thing, right? So it's, uh, it's, it's new ways of thinking. So it's, 
when web first came out and everybody first got on the internet, um, it was just cool to see some things, right? Just read some mm -hmm. stuff and wow, we're connected to the world and that's pretty neat. And wow, I can, you know, people have a, a chat session going on. That's neat. Well, yeah. you know, they, the next iteration was you can actually produce your own content and, you know, be in these big social worlds and big, it's, you're like, wow, this is, it's a completely new way of doing business, a completely yeah. new way of thinking, of creating friendships, of, of relationships, you know, there's different relationships. And that's the same thing with Web3 is going to happen. It's just a completely new way of thinking. I, you're right. Uh, I think the main features uh, that will drive this adoption are obviously we talked about it. I'm just going to reiterate data ownership and privacy. You know what I mean? Right. That is another major driver. Then the other Absolutely. one is decentralization. Yes. Right? The simple suggestion box, if it's centralized, nobody trusts it, right? If it's uh, not centralized, it's not right. in one, one department's control or one person's control, there is more reliability there, right? And then the trust and transparency. There's a lot of places there is no trust and transparency. Uh, if that is important, I think that it gets more mainstream. There's also, like you were saying, new business opportunities, right? Gaming. 59% or 49% are using it. The NFTs that are making and selling in-game items they're buying and selling. There's a marketplace inside a game. Right, so it's crazy. Right, uh, so those things are all there. And then there is always this thing, right? Form of fear of missing out. So there is a lot of, a group uh, right. of people <laughs> uh, will start getting on the blockchain. They don't want to miss out. Right. Yeah, but at the end of the day, Brian, that I think that those are the things that will definitely drive. But really, what are the competitive advantages? So if I'm a business, right, what how I have to still compete in the marketplace. So what is. Again, it's the same thing, right? The same drivers. Can I monetize? So where would I. Make money by trust and transparency. Would I increase more business? Uh, how? What is my advantage over my competition? Right, it's a good if question. I transparency. Right, will it increase my customer confidence? Maybe. Yeah, it could, of course. Right, or maybe my trust in my company's products and services. Because I have to have a competitive advantage to be. Uh, to enhance my trust and transparency over my customers, right? Other my competition. Right. No, no the, would the companies ever want to give control of my data to me? Well, of course not. But will they benefit if they want to get data? Will, will it help them in any way if they let me control my data? Well, they just lost money by giving you control of your data, right? Maybe that increase their business, right? I'm more likely to do business with them. Maybe that's a possibility, right? If if if, if let's say your hospital says you control your data and you they have a thousand doctors in there, right? Your doctor is only one person, right? Now all thousand doctors can see your data, mm -hmm. but if they let you control 
the only the two buttons that can see you. Would you would you more likely to go with them? I mean, yeah, you're more likely, but a lot of people, right? So about cost, about comfortability, and all that. So I mean, you know, it's it's basically giving you freedom. So it's you know, you hope because you create loyalty, right? You, you created a great relationships, and you created that. But um, yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of challenges, right? You don't like to give up. You don't like to give up anything because you control it, so you can monetize. You as an organization can monetize it. And and then I think the biggest uh, competitive advantage is cost savings and efficiency. I really think because once you have smart contracts, you can automate a lot of the stuff that goes on inside a company. Right, a lot of the contracts that happen between one machine and another machine. Right. This machine does this, then then this machine has to do this, or this person does this, then this person has to do that. So right. all those type of contracts can be coded into a smart contract. I I agree. A lot of that is, and that's where a lot of artificial intelligence comes in, the AI comes in, is they can extrapolate upon those smart contracts. Yeah. So I think that is probably the most important for, uh, what do you call the competitive advantage? I think that is what will most likely uh, drive that. Then digital assets and tokenization. I don't know. That is also a, a driver for a competitive advantage, right? Particularly if I have a game that doesn't have digital assets and you have a game that has digital assets, which will fare better. Well, I mean, you have to on, on a, you know, on the on the Web three, you're going to have to have yeah, on a Web three, you economy, right? I mean, that's the way yeah. it is. It's not cash. It's not any, not anybody's currency. It's it's a token economy. Yeah. So I think if if you want to have digital digital assets, that will give you uh, this thing, and then enhanced security. If a company is looking for enhanced security, they have to go with blockchain. Right. It it is better for them, right? And if they want a decentralized finance. If they're doing any cross-border, they have to do that. If they want to do supply chain optimization, they have to use blockchain. Right? So these are, I think, gives them a competitive advantage. If I'm doing supply chain finance or supply chain transparency, if I try to do that on Web 2.0 and my competitor does on Web 3.0, I think the guy who is doing Web 3.0 will win. He will have the competitive advantage. Right. I mean, you know, the, I guess the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest thing against the, really the biggest thing against it is, um, is that the corporations that run the blockchain will take over, you know, will will really be the ones in charge. Right. But nobody's running a blockchain, right? Well, so if you have to use Ethereum blockchain, if you have to use a, you know, the Bitcoin blockchain, if you have to use, you know, whatever company that comes up with their blockchain, right? If you're saying if it's a private blockchain. Well, even if it's a, a open, right, open, they still, they still, it's on their system, right? It's on, the, they have it. Ethereum is, that's their area. You can get on it and you can do all kinds of stuff on it, right? And yeah. you can do your projects and, and things of that sort. And that's fantastic. And it's decentralized and, you can create your tokens and, and do that, but it's still a company that has it, right? No, that's a public blockchain. The main net is nobody controls it. 
there are about five half a million uh, nodes on there. Half a billion, sorry. Correct. No, I get how the, I get how it works, but still, somebody has it, right? I mean, it's that's the only thing, right? That's the only thing I see is you know with the consolidation. So if somebody buy you know sells to somebody else and something, you know, the consolidation goes on. Um, is it really true, fully distributed ownership market, right? Which part are you talking about? The network itself or the apps on the network? Yeah, the blockchain. The block, I mean, the entire Ethereum blockchain, you mean? Yep, exactly. There is a development team that controls what features it will have. But the apps on that, I think they are decentralized, right? Nobody controls that. I can put a smart contract correct. on Nobody control. Uh, correct. Yes, nobody controls that. Cool. So. Just something to think about, right? Just. And then the, the last thing I want to talk about is social networking. What are some of the Web3 examples? How is this getting adopted? Have you heard of the Brave browser? Uh, in passing, let's put it that way. No, I have not used it. Yeah, I, 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 I have used it. Uh, you basically connect your wallet. You can go and basically it will connect to dApps. And then a couple of ones, Decentraland, Star J, uh, Step N, Ysign. Uh, you know, there are like a bunch of browsers that you can just download and use them. And then they will, you can search for stuff. And they actually, the way it works, right now, let's say I want to search on uh, Google, right? The search results are on Google search, Google servers, right? And my, they right. take my query, they go through that search results, they rank them and they show it to me. Correct. Here, somebody puts them locally on different servers. So if there is a whole bunch of search results nearest me, they will come. And once I click in, I still get a Google link. Then at that point, I'm getting it from Google server. So the results are, and the browser can go to the network and get it for me. It doesn't have to hit the Google server for the results. Huh. Right? Uh, That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's basically, it, and it also has, you can run like a, Ethereum apps and web wallets and, you know, who want to, and then you can also have, you can be, a, access it very securely. It's very, I didn't, you, I used a little bit just to try it out. Uh, it's a little slow, I thought, you know, huh. uh, there's a couple of other more that are coming up. Uh, and then the next set of things that I was uh, looking at is uh, social platforms, right? There is a social platform called Mirror. It's a publishing platform that uh, focus on user privacy and decentralization. That's cool. It allows users to create their own content, right? And then there is one called Minds. It's an open source social network built on top of Ethereum. Hmm. Then there is a Lens protocol. Then there is a Diamond app. It's like a chat app that you can do. And then Mastodon is another decentralized social network. There's so many of them that are coming up. And they're just making so much of them. And then some of them actually pay you rewards for clicking on ads. That's really cool. Yeah. So 
this is I mean, uh, but I at this point, Brian, I think Web Trio is here to stay, right? It is I not agree. a toy; it is an innovation. I agree. Right, and it is coming up. I think this whole uh, research for me kind of opened up my eyes, and uh, now I'm better able to articulate why it is an innovation, why it is here to stay. Why right. companies would adopt, right? I had a gut feeling before this podcast, but then I did after this research. I feel more confident, even with the product I'm building, you know, because it they, it is so much better, and there are so many reasons for companies to use this, right? And even I haven't articulated to myself until I did this research. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is. It's. I'm, I'm even more excited. Yeah, me too. I mean, you know, I kind of like this whole this, this whole journey so far over the last sixteen episodes. It's just, it's a complete learning process. I knew, I thought I knew some. I thought I knew what I was talking about until I didn't know what I was talking about. Right? Doing different things on blockchain and and uh, Web three and the innovation future and all the cool stuff so it's it's uh it's just so exciting i love it yeah the other, the other thing i was if, when i in, uh, reflect on this when we first started this brand right i've been already in doing stuff with blockchain i didn't cover all areas so i had opinions got right yeah this is going to be like this so this is going to be like this right but i my gut never had any kind of facts to base it on Right, right, right. Yeah, here and there, pieces of information that I read, uh, and now after this research, I can articulate a lot better. I my opinions have taken a stronger hold. Right. So let's see if uh, Shiva wants to add something. Shiva. Yeah. Hey, Shiva. Welcome to the show. Hi Brian. Hi, hey, Shiva. Hi, how are you? Yeah, this is a really interesting thing, especially Web three has a more benefits uh, compared to Web two, and here there's no third party into trust uh, we need, so it it will a lot of wide bell. <laughs> and also, this is main advantages I see is the applications. The users can uh, interact with the application without having any trust uh, things, and they can control their data who has who need access. So that's a, that's the main thing actually. So yep, yeah. And also awesome. currently that DeFi via finance where we can sell all the digital assets without any approval of third party things. That's also means makes the, for users anybody want to make money selling their assets, digital assets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think Web three yeah. is more yeah, this is going to stay actually, right? Yeah, and Web3 server cannot go like this. Is already Ethereum is the decentralized network. Thousands of computers are already there in the backend support. So is it's here to for long term? Yeah, yep. for sure. I agree. For sure. For sure. So when I just want to. One of the things that I learned, we've been talking about blockchain, blockchain tech, how the network decentralized, all of that is from the network perspective, 
But when we say Web 3.0, it is more from a interaction perspective, how it is going to be used, what are the benefits from a interface perspective, right? Mm -hmm. And I think uh, there are still some challenges how the networks, how you connect to a blockchain. It's not like I open my phone and I'm already on, I'm already on the internet, but with oh, blockchain, right. I can't be already on the blockchain network, right? That experience right. is a little harder. So I yeah, think that's the main, main thing is like any payment system apps do not require any personal data. So, you know, I think somebody's making a lot of noise. Give me one second. <laughs> it's not like you're building a house there, Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Brand, like I, actually, yeah, this uh, build a new addition, Chuck. Huh? Build so a new the bathroom. They just do it one time and stop, but they keep doing it. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. And as the Web3 payments apps do not require any personal data, that's a very interesting thing. So it cannot prevent uh, anybody to make, you can, you can decide whom to make payment and all these things. And also your own data, you can see who all need to access. So in that yep. way, less secure hacking or uh, so centralized uh, things. So that makes more uh, reliable actually. I think this will welcome a lot of uh, users and also this is open source so a lot of uh, contribution can also come from the community yeah that is true there's a, still there's no proprietary software on here yeah. that controls right. some of it awesome so i think we have discussed everything we wanted to brian anything you want to add shiva no i think that's uh yeah. again something that i learned a lot and um you know hey i i love the way it things are going and, and love it. So good, good suggestion for the topic. Loved it. Awesome. Thanks guys. Until next week. Thanks.